Lord, we, uh, we, we do thank you to be able to gather this morning and come before you, lift all things before you. God, we um, love you and we have our eyes set upon you. And God, again, we're, we're thankful that we can come together and worship like this. As a family, we can worship together, Lord, and know in your presence and that, you, Lord, you will speak to us. And we thank you for your word that you clarify and show us things we would never otherwise no, and so we give this time to you. I pray you anoint me with the Spirit, and I just speak the words of the Spirit, and I pray each heart would be open to receive what the Lord has to say. So we thank you for this time in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to open up with Joshua 24, Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. Now. This is going to be our last message on Joshua. We've gone through the whole book of Joshua and uh, certainly have um, been challenged in many ways as God shows how he moves his kingdom out and how he shows his power through his believers. And we see over and over again that God says, you just take the first step and I'll take care of the rest of it. And so here he has finished his ministry. It says he is an old man now and they have allocated all the land to the Israelites and so this is his uh, he's kind of you know stepping down if you will he's stepping down so he gives his final message after everything that's happened he gives his final message and it's Joshua 24 15 he says this choose for yourself this day whom you will serve but as far as me and my household we will serve the Lord all God's people said Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, so many times we get worried about other people and what other people are thinking. And God said, no, don't do that. You make a statement. This day, this day, who will you serve? And that's how God chooses to move. Through individual people who put their trust in him, their whole heart in him. And that he is the one. And that he moves through us. You know, us... And God make a majority. Never forget that. Us and God make a majority. And we see God's message to Joshua when he first opened the book in chapter 1. He says, you enter the land and every place, every place you put your foot, I'll give it to you. Now, there's a, there's a picture right there and we need to hold it close to our heart. It says, every place you put your foot. I will give it to you. Now, what do we do? We place our foot. What does God do? He gives it to us. And so we need to remember that. And even as they came into the land, he said the Ark of the Covenant will go before you and you are to follow the Ark. You know, stay behind the Ark. Follow the Ark. And so you, you let God see he goes before you and then you move forward and you place your foot, and he gives it to you. Now, that's a story of the Christian life right there. That is a story. And, and it always reminds me, and I really tie these two closely together, but in Psalms 119, uh, verse 105, and it talks about, it says, The Lord is a light unto my feet. It's the light unto my feet. And what you have here, and I love the picture, and is that if you have a lamp, it's dark, and especially in old times, and you hold that lamp out, there's a circle. There's a circle. And you stand there, and that's all you see is that circle. 
But you take one step, and that light moves out one step. And I found that people say, I don't know what God wants me to do or what I need to do. But always I say, well, what is the first step you need to do? Almost always they'll say, well, I know this, but I'm afraid about all of this. Well, no, God's given you the first step. Whether I, should, I mean, I just pull stuff out. Should I go to college? You know, should I go? Should I be a dentist? You know, what do I want to do? I worry about this, and I worry about the school. And it says, what's the first step? <laughs> you know, go to the admissions office. That's the first step. See, you're overcome by all the magnitude of what you want to do, but you can do the first step. You can do the first step. Well, the first classes, I want to be, and I'm just pulling out, dentist, and I love dentists as people. I hate them in their office. <laughs> but say a dentist, it's like, what do you have to do to be a dentist? And you have to take English and history, you know, and you're going, no, it's not helping me. <laughs> no, this is, it's just... No, you do what you, you take English and you take history. That's your first step. Then the next step is something, and you take that next step. And before you know it, you are in this place you never thought you would be before. The Lord works that way. He will give you, and I'm going to say this with <laughs> all authority coming from my heart. He will tell you the first step. Tell you the first step. And as you take that, he will reveal the second step. And then as you get older and older, you'll find yourself in different places, different places that, that you, it's hard to imagine even how you were able to get there. Sometimes it doesn't even make financial sense how you got there. I guess I should say this also kind of steps into darkness were the same way. Steps into darkness work the same way. And if you take that one step into darkness, then that second step becomes more alluring, and you step in that. And then after a while, you are in this abyss, and you can't figure out how you got there and how to get out. How did you get there? Step at a time. How are you going to get out? Step at a time. So here's this is what we... Uh, have in Joshua. This is what we have in, in, in Joshua. And he is telling the people, and these people have witnessed God do, have, have witnessed God doing mighty, mighty things in their life. But what did he tell them? And it's just driving home again. What did he tell? I'll give you every place you step. You step like that. Now, at this time, when Joshua is finishing his life, finishing his life we know that he has seen and the people have seen unbelievable promises from God fulfilled first of all the whole allocating of the land and the promises are given hundreds of years before to Abraham now the allocating of the land and possession of the land is theirs they've, they've done it it's been fulfilled it's been fulfilled now also we see Joshua you know he had a battle and people at one situation, and, and he, it, it was a huge army, and hailstones from heaven came. He saw that. He saw that. He was trying to win the battle and running out of time, 
He said, I have a time. He prayed the lung sunned to be still. And it was still. So he could win the battle. Now, those are lessons for us. You know, people say, well, those are metaphors. Now, this is my strong admonition. No, they're not. It literally happened. And by knowing it literally happened, he said, when you take that step, I literally can stop the sun in place for you. I literally can bring down hailstone against anything opposing you. I need you to take the step. And we see that in Joshua. And so here Joshua knows that. So he says this with confidence. And the people have all seen it. The people have all seen it, you know. And so he says, this day, this day, uh, choose who you want to serve. This day. But for me and my family, I'm going to serve the Lord. But he saw this. Now, there was a very interesting thing. I don't even have this on my notes, but it came to mind. It's very interesting when you go finish Joshua, just a few verses, and you go into Judges. It says that the people who experienced this obeyed God all the days of their life. But their children didn't. Their children didn't. See, that's the challenge any of you have children, you know that's the challenge, especially in the world now, has such an anti-Christian view in so many places. And it's like, well, you're, we, we can become really afraid. We can become, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? There's an answer. There's an answer. And Satan knows this answer. Satan is fully aware of this answer, okay? There's an answer to this for your children. Mother and father. Mothers and fathers are the answer. Therefore, everything Satan will do is to destroy the family. That's how you get at the kids, by destroying the family. So, it's all here. So you carry that message. This is what God's done for me. This is what God will do. And you will, what the world says, but this is what God says, and this is what God says to me. And you walk them, and then they become warriors into this dark world. And by the way, that is God's way. That's how God operates. You know, some of, and, you know, I'm being a little, little facetious, not a whole lot, but, you know, he said, I believe that if we get the right people in government, if we get this, and they'll turn the world around. Never seen it <laughs> in Scripture. See, what happens, what turns the world around, what, is when the parents, you know, when the parents take responsibility and raise their children up. He doesn't put somebody in place in the government so your children will be raised up the way they're supposed to be. It's the parents. And Satan knows that, and Satan wants to destroy the family. That's the core, not the government, the family. Amen? Say hallelujah. And so, and we also need to understand that uh, we can understand the work of the evil one. Anytime you see something where they're taking authority away from the family is the work of the evil one. The school system has the authority and don't tell the parents. That's the work of evil. That's not just bad. That's the work of the evil one. See what I'm saying? And so he said, no, I am responsible for my children. Nobody else. 
Nobody else. And so those are the, that's the way how you can recognize things and how one can step up to call upon the Lord for His guidance and His protection. And by the way, we go back, and this is where I think it's important. When Josh, you go back and say, Joshua, you know, he said, the sun needs to stand still. How, how much within Joshua was there that he could make the sun stand still? nothing but the creator God to speak the word and stops see it's God's move in that we look and say how can I do that how I'm, I'm so no you call out you take the step then God moves you call out you call out amen so here's the story and so this is what Joshua is passing on this is what Joshua is passing on and um and so he's making a statement to the people. And so he said is a lesson to us. And so he has one thing to say. This day, this day, you choose. This day, you choose. Okay? Not this day, have the Congress choose. <laughs> this day, have the school system choose. It doesn't make any difference what they do. It doesn't make any difference. We choose. We choose, all right? And so who we will, who we will serve. And again, I bring home, repeating myself a little bit, but this comes at the end of Joshua. Joshua, I mean, think if it came at the very beginning. You choose this day, you know? It's like, okay, you know, and go through. But he said, no, you've seen what God's done. You've seen everything. Now you choose because you know. I will challenge anybody in here that something has happened if in your life where God has somehow touched you in some way and in this whole picture caused you to come to the Lord or caused you to revelation of who he is. But something happened to you. It wasn't just a good message. Some of you, I figured it out. And, you know, two plus two equals two. And, okay, here's the formula. No, something happened to you. And God goes, don't ever forget what happened to you. I touched you. And then you started moving forward. And you continue to move forward because I've touched you. Amen? Christianity is not a theology. Christianity is relationship with a person. A person. A person. So here's the picture we have. So that's the picture we have. And what we see in Joshua is what happened in the heavens. It's this magn the magnitude is unbelievable. But here in the New Testament, we know because of what happened physically in the Old Testament, we know in the New Testament that this is a picture of what happened, happening spiritually all around us when we step out and do what God says. Physical things may happen in a certain way, but spiritually they're happening. And we know they're happening because we saw the physical picture in the Old Testament. I can stop the sun for you. I can call that hail for you I can, because you're doing what I say, doing what I say. Now, so we see this picture, Old Testament picture of the magnitude of God, which in the Old Testament, which in the New Testament is actually greater than what's happening in the Old Testament. He's doing bigger things. You know, I, we go, wow, about the Old Testament. In the New, New Testament, he's doing even bigger things. 
and moving. And he speaks to us in his church, and he's showing us what he does. That's the reason the church is so important. Because we, he works unbelievably through his believers. His problem is, God's problem is, is convincing believers of who they are and who he is so that we will obey him and act out what he tells us. So his issue is making us believe who we are, who we are. Because he died for us and he unswelled with us. And Romans says, if he died for us, how much more will he continue to save us? I mean, he says, I mean, the hard part, he did. If he died, how much more will he save us, meaning to lead us and guide us? Because that's the easier thing. The harder thing was the first thing. See, it's how much more. He says he can do immeasurably more than we think or imagine. That's what we say. That's the New Testament. Now, just think of Just imagine something. Imagine. Imagine something impossible. <laughs> he goes, well, I can do way more than that. I'm saying, well, I'm imagining that'd be something if you just stopped the sun. Okay, like that. Well, that's not hard. So I can do way more than that. Way more than that. So here's the message with that. So it's a powerful, we see what God is doing. And, and again, it's for our encouragement. Now I want to jump again to the New Testament and see how the New Testament summarizes this. See, when... Apostle Paul or the New Testament writers talked to us in the New Testament, they assumed we knew the Old Testament. Because they based everything, based everything on the Old Testament and what Christ had done. But but look at this, the Apostle Paul, what he says in the New Testament. Now we know what happened with Joshua. Now look what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 4.21. We, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Same thing. Same thing. Well, what? Well, like what he promised to Joshua? Like that. Like that. See, that's your physical example. Now, he'll do everything he promised to you. He'll do. Guys, that seems hard. That's more than, that's it. He goes, that's my job. That's what I do. That's what I do. And so, so as we look at that and, and being fully persuaded. Now, what's the problem in this verse? Okay, what's the problem? Here it says, being fully persuaded that God has to do, has the power to do what he promised. What's the problem in that verse? There's one problem in that verse. There's one problem in that verse that hinders God. It's, it's like God can't even hardly overcome it. Us being fully persuaded. That's the issue. So he has the Bible, and the, he's trying to tell us, be fully persuaded. Well, you, and, and that's the reason I think it's so important. There's something the reason you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Something happened. He touched you somewhat. And well, if he did that, if he did that, I mean, I can remember Pacific. I think is an unbeliever, which like, uh-oh, there's somebody bigger than me working here. And that caused me to step forward, or God used it for me to step forward. So that when, with the more that I become fully persuaded, it releases God into every situation. 
if whatever situation it is, whatever thing, can you imagine what happened if Jesus would just walk in there? You know? I mean, I don't know what would happen, but something would happen. Something would happen, you know? And it's like, now, and I want to ask you a rhetorical question. Where is Jesus? Well, Jesus is on the right hand of God. But where's the Holy Spirit right now? Sent us. So when we step in that meeting, that situation, who showed up? Jesus. See? Why is nothing happening? Because you need to be fully persuaded that Jesus showed up. And as you take that step, it's like, I didn't see lightning strike, but I saw that next step. You see what I'm saying? And so that's the work he's teaching us, but we need to be fully persuaded. Did you know in the world situation, and I don't know, you kind of look around and you think, there's like an attack on Christianity. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Just out and out attack on being a Christian. I thought, I'd be kidding me. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of amazing. But did you know that God has all this sifted through his hands? Now, this is where it says, if I was God, now I would do things different. You know, and then, you know, I'm quickly reminded by the people around me, you're not God. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. See, so the whole, so it's like, okay, God, you're doing something. I'm here. Did you ever pray? And I've said this before. Oh, I just wish God would come down in this situation and fix it. He said, I did come down that situation. And I am there because I'm in you and you're in it. No, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. And Jesus told the disciples, I'm going up to heaven. It's good I go away because you'll do greater things. I mean, that may be the hardest verse in the Bible for me to believe. He's like, I'll do greater things, you know? But that's what he said. But the thing, we need to be fully persuaded. We need to be fully persuaded. And that's what this book does. It fully persuades us. Now, and this is what it says, too. And it says it several times in the New Testament. It says this, nothing is impossible with God. Are you fully persuaded? Because that's what God said. Do you know what? And since it's coming to Christmas, and they said, you're going to tell Mary you're going to have a child. And she said, you know, I don't know how that's going to work out. I don't see it. I'm a virgin. I don't see it. And he didn't get mad at her. He didn't give it. The angel didn't give it. He says, no, anything, any word that God says is possible. And she goes, and do you know what she said? Okay. Okay. Your servant, do what you said. She was fully persuaded. See, the, the, whole, the whole system is similar working through. And we need to be fully persuaded now there's a growth process in it and like if i'm on that first step okay and then a light moves and the second step and then i start moving and things happen you grow you grow in your christian walk you grow and you're able to see the things that are going and now i'm gonna wrap it up and close it with this this is a short message because we have a big meeting that god has led us through step by step by step but here's how we're qualified. This is how we're qualified to do the work of God. And it's in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says this. 
God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might be the righteousness of God. God who knew no sin. Okay, Christ who knew no sin. God is saying that Jesus Christ had no sin. And he died for sin. Whose sin did he die for? Ours. He who knew no sin became sin. Whose sin did he become? Mine. Yours. He became that sin. It's washed away. That means there's no sin on us. What does that make us before God? Sinless. Now, if you talk to my wife, she would say, you're not sinless. And I would say, but I am washed clean. You know, we have good arguments about it. All right? So, and she, <laughs> and she agrees I'm washed clean, but she thinks there's little work needs to go on my sanctification. You know, like that. So, but the thing of it is, when we stand before God, he looks at us as pure and clean and forgiven. That's how he sees us because of Jesus. He sees us in context of Jesus. Therefore, we are where we're supposed to be at this time. And he said, it looks bad. It looks bad. It looks bad. But I've got control over this. Don't be worried. He said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, anybody who attacks you, I will personally attack them. See, we're in a good place. We're in a good place. Be fully persuaded. Amen? All right. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love. And we give all thanks to you. And Lord, as we look at this, we want to make that decision. This day, this day, we serve the Lord. This day, we declare we will serve the Lord. Us and our whole household. And so we thank you, God. And we know the answer is in you, and you will give us direction. And we thank you. And Lord, our prayer, you know, just a covering and protection to thank you for this meeting. We're having a declaration to fulfill the requirements with the government, the government that you in place, the government that said would protect the church, a government who said would protect believers, and put up a system like this to protect us. And so we're embracing what you have given us to protect your church so we can save, serve you in a greater way in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.